0: on this computer hello and um, welcome to the healthy six podcast this is episode nine uh, with travis brown coaching and carlo sullivan pt uh, this is it's not all sunshine and rainbows um, and for those of you you don't know you must probably be living under a rock we have started our free four-week accountability challenge in our free facebook group which is obviously the healthy six. Um, And I think it's fair to say we're off to a flyer. The problem is with getting off to a flyer is sometimes people can think they're left behind. So this podcast episode today is all about the beginning part of either a transformation, the beginning part of a challenge, whether it's training for a half marathon, whether it's joining in with just trying to build behaviours. It isn't always easy for everyone. And unfortunately, in these things, we know that the people that are feeling really positive and all the things are going really well, they will always shout the loudest in the early stages. So for those of you that are struggling a little bit or things are not going so well or have done this before, then this podcast really is all about you and how we're going to help you fly as well, but in your own time, in your own lifestyle. So that is the point of today. So I welcome Kyle, who is going to get us right underway uh, as we're going to talk about like, the daily struggles of starting one of these things and challenges and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so as Travis highlighted there, people either get off to a flyer or they find it a bit intimidating, a bit challenging, and they end up just phasing out of it and not really committing to it because it's not been perfect. Now, that's life, right? You you plan to do something, things go wrong, you have to... um, Try and find ways around those roadblocks. So this is something we see massively when it comes to these sort of programs. So people will, will most people will do really well, and then there'll be people that really struggle. And it's about looking at why you're struggling. How can we move you forward? What roadblocks are in the way, and how we bridge that gap? Because it's all about you moving forward. Um, and like we'll talk about later. It's not about always being perfect, it's about that consistency, are we moving 1% better, that automatic Habits James Clear thing of 1% better each week, and how we actually get around that. So we're going to pick around a few things um, over the next couple of minutes um, about daily struggles. I wanted to give you a bit of a story uh, as to yesterday. I had a really, well, terrible day, uh, really, it went absolutely wrong, Um, but I took control of what I could. So I didn't get my training in, but I managed to, in the end, at the end of the day, get the steps that I actually set myself at the start of the day done. So I set myself a 15,000-step target. It was going really well. My partner's car broke down. Then had to find a new car for her, go and get it sorted, taxed, and all that, and then move a car that was dead on my driveway. Um, so I did some sort of training, um, but then I had to go and get my steps in late at night. So I had to go out for a walk at like half eight, uh, nine o'clock to get the steps done. But so it's about looking at things. Um, I'm sure Travis has equal um, exposure to these daily struggles and we just wanted to be vulnerable and show you guys that it's not always plain sailing for us. So I'll let Travis touch base on a bit of that as well. Yeah, of course. And, and you're right. Like, I
0: think you touched on a good, uh, a real point of about, I mean, we always hear about these cliches, 1% better and stuff like that. But I think the important thing for me that you mentioned is control. Like, what you could control, so you couldn't train. You could, certain things are out of your control. Yesterday, so what you did really well, or what you've elaborated on really well, is that you've then said that you did focus on what you could control, and that's really important. Isn't it? Because if I hurt my knee, so I can't train legs, well, that doesn't mean I can't control my nutrition. That doesn't mean maybe I can't sit on a recumbent bicycle and, and get my calorie expenditure up, or you know, eat a little bit less, or recover a little bit better. Like. And this, this applies to everything, and I'm not going to preach. And I had a conversation with um, a client on Instagram as well about how we can control what we can't. And we were talking about it in a completely different line. like, line. like We were talking about like the, the energy crisis. And I, I kind of cracked a joke and stuff like that. And she, you know, she was a bit like, you know, be careful what you wish for, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, I, I can't control that. But if we're always trying to focus on what we can't control, when our day goes wrong, when the government makes a decision... When someone that you come across in a day is a dickhead and you try to focus on that, like you try to control that, but you can't, you're just going to create stress. And that, that's yeah. really important. So when we're thinking about our daily struggles, acknowledge that we all have daily struggles, but acknowledge you can only control some of them. So, yeah, if, massively. so if something goes wrong that to a point that you can't control, your microwave at work breaks, well, you can't control that. What you can control is your reaction to that about going to the canteen or going to the shop or, you know, and, and but making right choices rather than going, well, the microwave broke, so I got McDonald's. No, that's... So you've not controlled what is in your control, like your, your period. So we've all got daily struggles. I, like I say, I always, at the moment, I always refer to the fact that I'm tra- like the training for a half marathon because that's what I'm doing. It's relevant. I had a daily struggle. I hadn't fueled enough for my run. I've just technically failed a run because I only got 15 kilometers out of 17. so Am I going to sack off the training plan? No. My daily struggle was that I didn't fuel efficiently this morning just because of work. I probably didn't control what I could have controlled to make that better. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to give up and fall away. It means that next time I go for a longer run, I know, learn from that lesson, how do we react, is about adding more food in. So, and the point is with daily struggles is that it's called a daily struggle, if you like. Everyone has them. How we react to them, how we learn from them, how we try to minimise those next time, that's where your success comes from. So control what you can and the things you cannot, there's no point stressing about. You just focus on the things that you
1: can. Massively. And to caveat that, let's, this is a really, not a daily struggle point of view, but you hit the nail on the head in terms of control what you can control. So when it comes to diagnosis of health implications and things like that I thought I'd just go from this angle Travis just to to give people that mindset as well is so let's say you get diagnosed with something like PCOS this is something we we will obviously hear a lot about Travis um Mm. so there's certain things that come with certain diagnosis like menopause um I was having a conversation with a client about this last week um she actually talks quite openly about this um how People place those barriers in their way. So a typical one with menopause um, that we'd hear is, oh, we won't be able to build muscle tissue or we might put on weight, lethargy and stuff like that, which are all factors that do influence it, right? But there's certain things you can control specifically, right? And it comes back to that. It's something to be aware of, but there's factors that you can control. And then you need to assess the situation, track some variables and work out how you can make it work for you. So that's just going on a different tangent. We can go and talk about that for ages. But I just wanted to bring that up in terms of how you react to situations when you get told something will really matter. Don't let people, especially in the world of medicine and science and conditions, don't allow other people's judgment of things. Uh, affect your your um, ability to take control of your own actions and things like that
0: I mean, that's-
1: really yeah really important
0: it, yeah and we we could sit there and say that we, we could say that in a hundred different ways a day, right just about the way that we react to things will always be the determinant of whether you 're successful or not or when you're successful or not um, and I think that, that that does lead us quite nicely to like perfection and We see this so much, and and believe it or not, people that struggle so much, and I I deal with this, and Kyle, you'll see this as well, and it's obviously no secret that a lot of people that have personal training have some fair fair amount of expendable income. Now, usually that would indicate that they've either just got to a point where they have to spend their income on to getting that support, or maybe they're very successful, they've got a little bit of money left over, you know, they need that, they, they can afford that luxury. It's often seen as a luxury. It isn't it should be an essential we should look after our physical healths our mental health but that's the perception we have right so and i i'm going off on a tangent but it is, does link where these people that we're working with are usually very successful in some sort of field whether that's the restaurant industry whether they're a doctor whether they own their own business whether they're professional athletes these people are professional they they they're, they're very very good in their field they are constantly striving for better and quite often they strive for perfection now you'd think these people are the people that don't need our help they don't need to listen to us they don't need you know because they're aiming for perfection but what they do realize is when they don't get perfection it drives them into that all or nothing so i don't know how often you see that Carl. like for me i see so many clients that they start their journey and this will lead us to the next point in a moment But they'll be like, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'm going to do it from the start. And then one week in, they lose two kilos. And they are buzzing. They are loving life. And then the next week, they do it again. And they lose one kilo. And they're still loving life. And then the next week, they do the exact same. And they don't lose any weight. And that's it. It's shit. It's done. It's rubbish. It's not working. I'm just not meant to do it. But this because they was aiming for perfection. How often do you see that?
1: are all the time. I, I think a lot of people, they, they set themselves up for failure straight away. Like the expectation of where they are now and what they want to achieve and what they're going to do is like up here. And they're trying to scale Everest in a matter of days, like literally overnight, bang, all the way up to the top of that mountain. But then they realise once they got to the top of that mountain, it comes down very quickly. And um, so a lot of people set themselves up for failure from the get-go and it comes back to that all or nothing mentality. It it typically gets you nothing.
0: Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And we so we were speaking about yesterday we were talking about um steps. So in our group we specifically spoke about steps. Um and it was like a conversation and I think someone said it's you know it's quite a low goal. Um yeah. and we were talking about protein as well on a different point. And they were saying it's quite you know, it's quite a long goal. It's on, it's only this. So it's not too bad. But the point is I do 16, 17,000 steps a day, but if their target is not that because they're not used to it, you could say that aiming for perfection would be to get to 10,000. But if that's a complete 200% increase a flippant lifestyle, then it's not, it's not manageable, right? So why can't we just aim to be 80% perfect or 10% better? So this is something we really see often in challenges is people will try and do too much it's unachievable and then it's demoralizing. Yeah. So over the course of a week, if 80% of your meals are nutritionally competent, if you achieve 80% of your calorie output, if you achieve 80% of your training intensity, say, so we should always be trying to do all of our training because most of us don't have that hybrid goal. But let's say we do 80% of our training and we're 80% of every goal and 80% overall of per- perfection in eight weeks, you'll be so much closer to. To where you wanted to be. than if you're 100% perfect for one week and zero percent next, so yeah. 80% perfection, 100% of the time, will always be better than 100% perfect 50% of the
1: time. Massive. And we we see this all the time with people like managing your own expectations, of where you are now, where you need to be, like the optimal, where you got to get to, and what you can do straight away is is the matter of you succeeding or not, and that's. That's what as coaches we're here to do, really. We help to we bridge that gap for you so we don't overshoot the mark and make you fail straight away, but we make it challenging enough so that you move forward and you progress week on week. And that, like anything, if you stay consistent, you're going to get a significant result rather than doing it for a week or two, which most people do, and then they go, oh, I can't do anything else, or I've burnt myself out because I've done too much, brought a massive deficit in, and they feel knackered. So yeah. like massively, like 80% push forward. Are you moving? Are you progressing? That That is all you need to look at. Are you moving better than you did last week? How can we push on a bit more? Have you got time to push it on a bit more? That's a big one we see as well, isn't it, Travis? So managing the expectation of what you actually want to achieve and the, the time you have available. Like, do you have enough time to go and do that extra cardio? Do you have time to do that extra amount of steps that won't add more stress to your life? But also to caveat that, can you make more time to do steps? So there's two ways of thinking and looking at it, and that's what as coaches we obviously do. We're here to help and guide you through that and make it make it efficient and effective for you. And, and that's the part of preparation, isn't it? Is like
0: taking taking ten minutes to plan your week on a Sunday feels like a chore, but it can make your work your week a hundred percent easier, right? Like and getting your ducks in a row or whatever. All these different cliches people using, like. In workplaces, not, and I don't think we often associate with it in terms of the fitness industry. But spending time to prep, and if that means that you start, so now's a perfect time to start. Start yesterday. Do this. Do that. It's always about this urgency. And whilst I appreciate that, is we shouldn't be check, rushing things. If we're not ready to start, the start is to get ready, isn't it? Like, and that's that's the big thing. But yeah. And and that's really important. So, and it it takes us, we, one of the notes we made about this is for those people, again, that are in our Facebook group that maybe, you know, said they were going to get involved on Monday. And now maybe we've not heard of them, but we will on Thursday when we tag them um, and we speak to them. Maybe where now they go in, you know, they're maybe trying to hide away a little bit. They're not, they don't want to get involved as much, right? Because it's not always easy at the start. Maybe they're, they're seeing all these successful people flying, but then they're not. But actually... Did they put in the time to prep? If they haven't, what can we do now to prep that will then make week two much easier? It's Wednesday. They've done two, they've done 48 hours of the challenge, things aren't going as well. They're now learning out what's their barriers. So the rest of the week, deal with those barriers for the following three weeks, you'll progress in those three weeks. So it doesn't always appear easy at the start, does it? It's not it's not always easy to start. No. Like i I signed up a client and was speaking to the client uh yesterday and she was saying about you know all this information i give her is overwhelming effectively and i was like don't worry you're not i'm not asking you to do all this i'm just letting you know what tools you've got we're going to build them in as we go right like so these are all the things we can do so you know you've got it but this is not what we're doing from tomorrow first of all you're just going to do this then the second thing we're going to introduce this then it's going to be this then it's going to be this but don't worry because all i'm asking you to do right now is just a and b Just do A and B for me. And in a week's time, I'm going to introduce C. And then it's going to be D. And then then all of a sudden, you're going to be six weeks down the line. And you're going to be, her goal actually really isn't weight loss as such, but you're, let's say, fat loss, you're going to be 2% body fat lower. Uh, You're going to be stronger. You're going to be fitter. You're going to be in the gym more, frequently, And all of a sudden, these new tasks are going to be that little bit easier. So it's not easy to do everything at the start, but it is easy to do something at the start. And that's the point, isn't it? if you if you've not been training if you've not been tracking your nutrition tracking your nutrition and training three times is a massive progress your food yeah yeah the track the tracking of your food now highlights your food is not where it needs to be for nutritional uh like competence maybe fine get that that's not perfect it's not easy but you now have an awareness you didn't have that before so that's no. progress and that like and that's what we're talking about like and, and I know there'll be people listening to this and those people on the, on the group now will be listening to this in two hours' time, one day's time, going, I've been hiding. But I didn't need to hide because these guys get it. But, and we do get it. We start our
1: challenges. We've done these challenges. We've done these preps. We've done it, yeah. Yeah.
0: We've,
1: we've, yeah, we've done them before. We've been exactly where you guys are. We've got coaches ourselves and the exact same process happened. You get sent all this information and you're like, what the hell? But, overwhelm is actually a natural process to go in. I'm actually out of my comfort zone now. Like this is where you grow as a person. So it's the way you perceive it as well. If you, you can either look at going, right, this is way too much for me. I'm way out of my comfort zone. I don't want to do this. And you put all these barriers up in the way. And then that's, that's the spiral down Or you go, right. There's all this information. I've got a coach here who's going to drip feed that information. Like, like you said, A, then B, then C. And it's just a buildup of a process and that, that's what it is. And then that overwhelm slowly dwindles as you get more confident, you start getting the results, the momentum's going, and you start going to where you want to be. Um, so don't, like Travis was saying there, if you are on this program, this, this accountability program, and the first few days you haven't got involved, you find it just a bit overwhelming, that's fine. What can we do now to make and bridge the gap and make you move forward, right? And this comes perfectly on to different targets different people
0: um, well i'm going to rewind you for a second i'm going to ask you a question
1: i want to see oh, your yeah, thought
0: process i want to see your thought process on this soon as we have them as conversation so we both shared yeah. the same educator didn't we mark mark coles at m10 yeah yeah now i don't know if you remember him ever saying this to you or seeing it on his social media mark coles says underwhelm uh, sorry overwhelm is the sign of disorganization what's your thought process on yeah. that
1: Yes, true. So um, like you come back to awareness, tracking, when you start tracking your nutrition, all of a sudden you're creating awareness of what's going in your body, right? It's like trying to run a business and your accountant's saying, I need your income and outgoings and then you're not tracking it at all. And him going, "Well, well, I can't really help you make a better business or get better profit margins. Same with us as coaches. If we want to get people results, we need to understand firstly, Where's your nutrition at? Where's your level of education with nutrition? Have you ever tracked it before? What are your um, What are your thought processes with nutrition? Are you turning to foods with stress and things like that? So from a behaviour management point of view. So that that first, that first point of call of awareness which comes from the uh, uh, overwhelm. You've, you've got loads of information in front of you. You're like oh my god, this is so much to take in. That's, that's a natural thing. But you're then going to build the program around that. So, yeah, you, what uh, Mark was saying uh, makes total sense um, because you're not breaking down each of those barriers and not, not not educated in it, but you're not aware of what's going on. So you haven't had the strategies. You not, might not have had the access to the education. You might not have had a coach before. Um, so, yeah, like it, it hits the nail on the head, doesn't it? But so, yeah. The, the biggest thing is they're going to move forward. So for me,
0: I think building on that, when you feel a little bit overwhelmed, it's because you're disorganised, but that's not an insult, especially when you're starting new. It's just a, it's not a warning, but it's, it's a sign. It's a prompt to get organised, isn't it? Go, go and get organised, go and do those things, go and, um, you know, so when you, when we start doing things and things feel um, overwhelmed, when you feel, like, oh my god all this stuff well you're just disorganized but the process here is for us to help you get organized so don't panic because you're going to get there and that's always going to be the same when it comes to transformations challenges anything at work or whatever like that's that's part of it and I wanted to touch on that because it isn't always easy at the start you do feel overwhelmed at the start but that's just because you're not used to it and that's okay you will get used to it you will we will get you to that point, and that's that's the process. So, I just wanted to add that in because I think we put these in, we have these external and internal pressures to be perfect at the start all the time because we're motivated and motiv- It's just a load of shit, and it, so I just wanted to bring that up. Like when you're struggling with it, when you're hiding because you know it feels too hard or whatever, or you're in the unknown. That's normal, and it's only social media. Or people telling you lies that tells you it's really easy. I could tell you it's easy to start a fitness challenge because I'm educated in it. You tell me what to do and I know how to do it. So I can follow, all I have to focus on is your structure. But if you get that advice from me and you're someone that's completely uneducated, then, and you're expecting to pick it up as easy as someone who's a fitness professional, or you've never driven a car, but a driving instructor tells you it's easy, you're gonna suffer. Like you're not, it's not expected to be easy. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think we are too easy to forget that.
1: No, no, I think you hit I think th- I think you did hit nail on the head with that because it, it, it does make sense. If you think about people's comfort zones, they're aware of what's going on. They're, they're comfortable in that environment. As soon as you ask someone an uncomfortable question or something they don't know, the barriers come up quite quickly. Mm. And, mm. And that's what we're doing as coaches, aren't we? That's what we're here for. If you haven't got the results that you want, there's a reason why normally it it can be education. It's a lot of the time action um, and implementation from that education. Um, And it's also giving you the tools and strategies um, to actually build it around your life and start getting the results you want. Now, you said something really interesting there about um, it's easy. Now, I had this conversation with someone this morning, actually, about exercise. There's a big thing on social media at the minute about exercise training should be fun. Now, I do believe that, and it should be, there should be an enjoyment factor. However, sometimes what needs to be done isn't always the fun part. Like, you're not going to turn up every gym session, be smiley, loving it, really ready to train. A large majority of the time, you're just going to have to get, get up and get it done because sometimes the efficiency of what needs to be done in terms of delivering the, the result. So if you go in the gym and do everything you want to do every time and be happy and enjoy it and, and do all the things that you want to do, you might never get the result you actually want, i.e. build the physique you want. Whereas if you just went through the short-term period of just turning up to the gym, doing what the coaches asked for you, but in the end of it, you get the result you truly want. What will make you more happier in the end? That long term success or the short term gain every day of going in the gym and smiling because you enjoyed that exercise, but you never actually are truly happy because you haven't got the result you wanted in the end? Sure.
0: Short term pleasures, long term gains, right? It's, so it's always that what, yeah, you, it's priority. And, and you see, and that will apply to any, anything, whether you know, so for example, I always say this, I say this to all my clients, like when I was, when I worked in an office and um, <laughs> one, one of my clients works for my old boss and I trained one of my old bosses. So I always get found out about this. Basically, I'd go into work, right? Um, I'd, start, I'd start at half eight and I'd finish at half four. I'd turn up at half eight, I'd sit there. I'd pretend to check my emails and I'd sit on BBC Sport, right? Then about 10 o'clock, I'd start working till maybe one o'clock and I'd do hard graft for about three hours. Get all my work done in those three hours, right? Hard graft. do wouldn't talk to anyone, just get on with it. Don't talk to me, don't look at me. Then that would be until about one. I'd go on lunch until about two and then the next two and a half hours I'd do nothing because I learned that if I finished my work and told my boss and my seniors that I'd finish my work, I'd get more work. And I was like, hang on, that doesn't make sense to me. That makes sense to me. You ain't paying me no more, so why am I going to do it? Yeah, Exactly because I wasn't inspired but when I look back at it and we have this conversation if I'd have carried on doing that and I never changed jobs I wouldn't be any higher than where I was because I only ever met so I picked that short-term pleasure of sitting there on fantasy premier league bbc sport probably reading bodybuilding articles and stuff like that for as soon as I got out of work and went to the gym but I would still be where I was because I took those short-term pleasures and never put in the graph for the long-term game so
1: absolutely and, that- and that's just- and that's the same with people, isn't it? They get home from work, had a stressful day. They see on Netflix for an hour, watch the latest Netflix se- series because they want to, rather than going and do that extra walk, going and do that little gym session to progress, to get to where they want to get to. Um, and so, yeah, that, that it's such a valid point. And I hope anyone listening to this, you, what is your goal? And Travis did a post on this, which I really liked, about commitment. Are you committed to that goal or are you just – going at it half-heartedly hoping to get there are you actually truly going right this is what I want to achieve I'm going to do everything in my power over the next 12 16 weeks 20 weeks wherever it may be to deliver that result for myself because that is what I ultimately want
0: and it it comes back to the whole doing what you say you're going to do right like and that's that is the basic do what you say you were going to do regardless of what that is that is commitment and um But I think the big thing is what puts us off, and this will lead us into the next section that you tried to introduce about 15 minutes ago before we had a chat about everything in life, The biggest thing with this is seeing someone say, so so again, mine was a training session on a very busy day when I put that post up about the commitment. Today it was about running. But the key thing is, is my target to train five times a week and run and work is very different than the, than the people in the accountability challenge at the moment. Yeah. So my commitment is to my goals and your commitment needs to be to your targets. Your targets are not any less important than mine because they seem smaller. But you go into the gym three times and doing 5,000 uh, 5, steps for seven days a week when you've not trained for three months and you don't move off your seat for all day, that might be a bigger percentage increase on your output. So your goals will be bigger than mine. They just don't look it. So it takes us into that different targets and different people. So we should be comparing and supporting and celebrating the achievement of your own goals whilst supporting and celebrating and achieving and like others achieving theirs, but not comparing. So you're, not, no, that. So you're not training for a half marathon. So you, you train regularly, you eat well you do lots of steps, should you, are you a failure because you've not run 15 kilometres, no because it's not your goal like, and but yet we see it when we see it with beginners all the time where uh, particularly I don't know if you get this, and and, again always say about this, I will talk to clients who just sign up or whatever and we'll talk about their goals um, and they'll they'll do something but they'll start, well it's nothing compared to you do but I did like, what? It's not about me. It's about you. You used to sit on your ass all day, do five steps a day, eat fourteen lots of McDonald's a week. Like, what? It's not about me. It's not what I do. We're here to support you and and increase your goals. So your different targets are set for different people. Achieving those targets, regardless of what they are, that's your success. If you tell us you're only going to add an extra thousand steps on per day because that's all you can achieve right now, that's still success if you do it.
1: Exactly. If you do it, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's but then, not letting other, other, other people's barriers and other people's success drive your success down. Because we're in that world of comparison, aren't we? They're doing better yeah. than me. Oh, I feel sorry for myself and I'm not going to do it anymore. Why, why give up on yourself?
0: And, but, so then, it's, then you look at that sort of thing of if you only say you can do only 1,000 more but you achieve it every day or you say you can do 2,000 more but you only achieve it 50% of the time, which is the success. Like, how we set those goals is important. We're setting goals to push your boundaries, but also we're not setting goals to be unrealistic and unachievable.
1: Exactly. And I think, I think this is here where, like, I hope people can appreciate how complex coaching can be, um, especially when you do it no cookie-cutter program, you try and make it as one-to-one as possible. There's so many factors that, as coaches uh, and as clients, we need to look at lifestyle factors, environmental factors, how much accessibility to time, equipment you have, what's your current diet, have you got any health concerns that we need to be um, careful of? There's so many complexities to it that when you, even if you compare yourself to anyone else, don't ever compare yourself to anyone else's transformation photos because you don't know what's going on in the background and you don't know the differences between your life and their life. So it is that cliche thing of it's you versus you. Are you progressing? Are you getting to where you want to be? Um, and this pushes us into, does it serve a purpose? Charles, do you want to expand on this?
0: Well, I mean, I think it it's quite a simple one. It doesn't need much expansion. And we spoke about this in the group again earlier about food, um, about snacks, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that in terms of, does it serve a purpose to you? So it links in very nicely to what we've just been saying, because, Again, let's use the example of me, my training run today. Well, Kyle isn't training for half marathon. So for him to compare his goals to mine, all of a sudden, even though they're not relevant, but to go for a run because I've gone for a run, that serves him no purpose. So it's a waste of time. So for you, for Alison to sit and eat four pots of chicken and veg every day with no rice, to do half an hour's cardio every day and train five times a week to walk 10,000 steps a day even though normally her standard life is to sit on a bum at work that doesn't serve a purpose she's not got a value she's not competing in show she's not on a magazine cover all of a sudden so doing things that serve a purpose for you will always stop you well it won't always but it will help you stop you compare or comparing goals to each to someone else like because you have to say, does it serve a purpose for you? And if it serves a purpose for you, it probably doesn't serve a purpose for someone else or not in the same extent. And I think that's where it, that can, again, be applied to everything, So nutrition. So one of our members said about, I, I get the impression she lives in Spain. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Yes,
0: yeah, she does. So she lives in Spain and she has a, what looks like a 20 centiliter beer, so 200 mils of an evening which is a a relaxant in terms of it's part of her routine. And she said, it's, it's, it's a, this is her bad habit. And I said, well, if, if it's not part of alcoholism, obviously, because we're not encouraging that and it's calorie controlled and it's part of your evening relaxing and you're sort of, and it's now a routine that sort of ends the unwind of your day Then does that serve a purpose? Well, it does. So is it a bad thing to do? No. I said, to, again, in, in that same conversation, I've started having like a miles bar ice cream every night. It's 136 calories. That serves me a purpose. One, I fucking love ice cream. Purpose number one. Number two, I use it as an indicator that the kitchen's closed. There's no more food in the house. It's gone. That's my purpose. So that 136 bookend closes my book. It serves a purpose. Me training serves a purpose to keep me strong. Me running serves a purpose for an event. You training in the way that you train gives you that little bit of cardio element to keep your heart healthy as well as improve the strength in your body because you have different purposes and that's fine. But that means that me and you, who are two PTs in the industry, don't have to sit and compare up what we're doing in the, the day. I don't want you train and go, oh shit, I need to do some dumbbell snatches because that doesn't serve a purpose for me. And that, that's why I don't, because otherwise if I did and if you did, we'd just be in constant overwhelm because the PT PT industry is so saturated, albeit most of them are not very good. But Mm -hmm. we we would be comparing to these guys that are shredded due to genetics because that's their influencers, and we'd feel terrible, and we'd be in constant overwhelm.
1: Yeah, and then you listen to them and realise that what they're actually doing is not actually accurate or doesn't work, and it has got no results for anyone else apart from themselves. And then you go, ah, why was I following them again? Yeah. So I think, and I think this is this is that thing, isn't it? When like you're not whoever's listening to this, you, you're probably not a bodybuilder, so you probably don't need to be doing what the bodybuilders are doing right now. Like that, you're like it's like me going and trying to play like Ronaldo. I'll go and start up against Arsenal on the weekends and try and compete with them. I'm not Ronaldo. I'm not a professional footballer. You you do need to stay in your lane within that remit and make sure you're progressing, obviously, through them. But you're not a bodybuilder, so you don't need to really look at having chicken and broccoli 17 times a day. Um, you most likely don't need to be training um, a split chest, arms, back um, I- individually if you haven't got enough time uh, and you're not obviously on performance science and supplements. Because um, if you haven't got accessibility to time, you're doing chest once a week and you've only got two or three days to train, it's probably not going to be the, the, the most efficient way to train with your time as well. So I think if you are trying to start a journey, um, probably stop listening to bodybuilders um, and influencers and actually find the coach that understands human behaviour, the science behind it, and has a portfolio of results, um, which part, you actually listen to a podcast with two of them on it. So uh, that's, that's quite good, isn't it?
0: <laughs> well, it's helpful. You're in the right place. Um, and so purpose is something that we can apply to... Um, like nutrition in terms of who we are, because and I'm going to let Carl take this because again, I only heard this just before we hit the record button. It's in this analogy that he's given us, and um, it's really good. But in terms of getting to where you want to be, most people on our challenge are probably want a little bit of fat loss, they want to create habits that are good in terms of exercise and activity and all those things. So, what we're looking is how can we serve a purpose for that? Now, we have to fuel our body, right? So food is fuel. So we're going to talk about nutrition. So nutrition serves a purpose to fuel our body. It serves as a purpose, if manipulated correctly, to lose fat or build muscle. It serves a purpose to help us recover. And it also serves a purpose for enjoyment. That's what we do. That's who we are as people. So we're going to talk about purpose moving into nutrition. And Carl's going to give us his analogy. And then we're going to talk about how foods are not good or bad and how we balance that and how we continue to make food a purposeful thing i'm going to bring up a conversation i had with a client as well so Carl, take it away give us your analogy about nutrition
1: so nutrition is really interesting um typically when people do a fat loss phase is they want uh, they want a nutrition plan they want a coach to give them some document that tells them the perfect structure to eat and stuff like that now the problem is with this is um, and this analogy comes from a prison break scenario so this is from a, a, a nutritionist called Tom Blackman who I learned this off and basically he was talking about how when people go to prison all they do is think about breaking out of prison right and it's the same with nutrition if I take your nutrition off you and make you chicken and broccoli three, four times a day all you're looking to do is break out of that plant as much as possible and get out of it because that's not what you want to be doing right so nutrition is very psychologically driven as well. There's a, lot, there's a lot to it in terms of behavior science as well. So looking at your nutrition, measure it, track it. What are you doing currently and how can you improve it in certain ways? That isn't based on someone else's nutrition, right? It's based on how you move yours forward. How do you make it more nutrient dense rather than calorie dense? How do you make it a bit better in terms of fueling your performance at work and in the gym? How can you have less takeaways and feeling less lethargic and um, poor energy and stuff like that? So it's about tweaking yours to make it more optimal and a bit better for you rather than trying to change it all completely to be like a bodybuilder like we spoke about and then end up going backwards and falling into those bad habits again.
0: Yeah, and it's important that to to achieve what you're talking about, we have to look at food in a much more sensible way than good and bad and this is not just hippie dippy nutritionists. don't say good and bad this is using foods for purpose i.e a mars bar ice cream for flavor for enjoyment at the end of my day but actually you can have a chocolate bar every day you can have sweets every day you can have an ice cream every day you can eat mcdonald's and lose up to a stone in a month it's only the balance that creates that thing like whether it's looking for loss in weight or fat loss or muscle gain, it's the balance of nutrition and macros that fuel that. Now, sure, if we lose fat but only eat McDonald's, we're probably going to make it harder for ourselves in terms of the way it makes us feel. And naturally, we want to be as healthy as possible and we want to fuel the body. However, we can fill a fuel tank with water. It doesn't make it a good idea, but we can. Um, So the key thing is, is about stop looking about food. Like and them. Yeah, it's, you can, can't you, right? Like, I'm gonna put wa- yeah, like you, pu- you try to save money because there's an energy crisis. You put water in Ella's car and the thing's broken down. It's on you, mate. Like, Whereas if you'd have put proper... <laughs> that's the reason. Proper, that was yeah, it. What, man. Yeah. If you put proper petrol in there, it would have been sold, wouldn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? So if we fuel things properly, they last longer, and that includes ourselves. If I eat good food, I would have finished my run. If I'd have fueled myself before it. If I eat good nutrition... I will control my cravings, my hormones, my hunger cues, as opposed to sitting there and just eating sweets in the morning. So, again, having a beer of an evening, if that's part of your routine, or at the moment you only, you have five beers an evening, you can bring that down to one. That isn't a negative, that's a positive, because you're making good positive strides towards health and towards your purposeful goal, and that's the key. Um, so creating balance so no foods are a downfall no bad foods, no good foods all foods are maybe the same, they're processed or they're not some provide more nutritional value but some provide more value in terms of your mental health I went out to the Turkish kitchen Saturday night not a bad, not a bad meal in terms of the foods that we ate lean meats, rice, bulgur stuff like it was all good but actually that didn't serve a nutritional value or purpose should I say that served an emotional purpose because we do eat for emotion. We do go out. We do celebrate with food. That is part of being a human. We can't deny that as much as we shouldn't. And we shouldn't use it as a reward like dogs or kids. Shouldn't use it for that. It is part of our day to day. We go out for a nice meal to celebrate or we go out for a meal and drinks to relax. And sometimes that serves a purpose. I spoke to a client this weekend uh, on Monday. At the weekend, he went out Saturday. He did a community thing. Um, he was setting up his NFL fantasy draft um, and he said to me I had about 3,000 calories and I had about eight beers and he went but I had a great weekend and I know I've gone over my calories and I know it's going to impact my weight this week or my fat loss this week my mind is in the right place I feel ready to go and he acknowledged all the things that happened with that and he looked me dead in the eye and I went I've never felt like this before before that would have been deemed a failure so he's got out he's managed to break that good and bad and he's gone I sunk eight pints I had a burger at the pub. I had a great weekend. I met a family on the Sunday. I feel lethargic Monday. I know why I feel lethargic, but I'm happy. And now I'm ready right in this place to continue, not start again, but pick up exactly where we left off, get the nutritional food and get the exercise in. And I know that even if that slows him down, if he does that every week, he will now get to his goal. Whereas before it was good or bad, all or nothing on it or off it.
1: Yeah. And I think that what like we spoke to, this comes straight back to what we spoke to at the start, awareness and education. Like, he's learned how everything works in the coaching process. You've obviously done clearly a good job with it and taught him everything he knows and given him the tools to actually be able to bounce back and go, like, that one day, that one weekend, I had a good time. Back to it, back to the the drawing board, back to the um, non-negotiables, whatever he's doing, um, start pushing forward again. So, like, Yeah. Food food's such a, an interesting one. We can go into loads of um, rabbit holes with it. But a lot of people don't fuel themselves greatly and could tweak their nutrition slightly. And it would make a massive difference. They don't even need to go and have their a nutrition PDF written up and start eating like a bodybuilder. It's just certain tweaks. And the way you feel and the results you'll be getting, I'm sure will be a lot better than where you are now. And for a lot of people listening to this, if you're not on
0: the accountability challenge, this is where coaching, this is where support comes in. Like, it's a lot easier to follow a PDF on the internet because you don't need to be educated. You just do it. But we can support you in a much better way and tweak your nutrition by giving you understanding. So if you're struggling with this, and this doesn't need to be a plug, to be honest, because this is for you, not for us, because we've had a great uptake on our free challenge and we're loving every moment of it so far people on monday were like is it too late to join we had some people doing it no it's not too late yes it's a four-week challenge yes it started monday but if you only do two weeks it's still better than no no week so if you're listening to this and you haven't taken the plunge yet and you're thinking well how do i learn about the foods that i want to eat like or should eat and how do i keep my nutrition well then this is exactly the time that you just drop us a message you get your habit tracker we show you how to set up your targets and we'll educate you to work through that okay so do still get involved if you're listening to that. Don't sit here listening to it. Oh, God, I should have got involved now I've missed out. You haven't. You could join one day before the end if you want. You won't get much out of it. But getting into it now will definitely help um, start to learn, teach you how to educate your food. And even if that only starts with tracking your food initially, you will certainly learn from there.
1: Massively, and I think that comes back to right there. If you are listening to it and you think, oh, it's too late, stop with this. I'll start again Monday sort of thing. Let's get cracking tomorrow. Drop us a message. Let's get you set up and let's get you
0: on it. Yeah, pause the podcast. Head over to it right away. Facebook group in the bio. Just join. Like, and again, it's not a plug. Like, it's banging. It's it's popping off. The engagement's there, people are doing well. Um, we've got some some honesty. We've got some people admitting their struggles. We've got some people smashing it as well, and they'll all be successful. So it's it's not for us. It's not to sell because it's still free. Um, so, yeah, if you're thinking about interbating, like, sitting there now thinking, oh, I should have got involved, then it's exactly the time you need to pause this and head over there and just get into it right away and we'll, we'll get in touch. Um, and then that would just lead us on to our last point, really. So if you start um, now, let's say, and then all of a sudden life starts getting in the way, these things happen, that's normal. And we touched on that at the start, didn't we? We'd, we'd probably link this into the daily struggles, but understanding that life does always get in the way because life... His life and and the world doesn't revolve around your fitness goal the world revolves around everyone around you and there's so many things that we can't control isn't there so i suppose and we'll talk to wrap this up really because a little bit of a shorter podcast today um carl if you could give two or three things to help someone when they feel like life's getting in the way on on over this accountability challenge working with us at the moment two or three things what would you go for what would you say what advice would you give what tips
1: so number one, and this comes from a, a rational, emotional behaviour point of view, is if something happens, let, the common example being road rage. So road rage occurs, you see red. If your initial reaction is to start swearing, effing blinding, wanting to, to hit the car or whatever it may be, get really aggressive, and then you, a couple of seconds later you go, what was the point in that? So what I like to do is when a response occurs, I give myself five seconds. I try and give myself five seconds to really think and pause and go, right. And this is for food as well. If you guys have had a stressful day at work, you get in, you've been knackered, stress is so high and you want to have a takeaway, stop. As soon as you say that, stop and go, right, is this helping me move me forward? Is there anything I can do that would be better? So look at the scenario around you. What could you do now immediately? Because let's face it, if you order a takeaway, 20, 30 minutes is going to take at least to get there. Can you go and make something yourself? Can you lesser the calories if it's fat loss, for example? The takeaway is going to be typically 500 to 1,000 calories. Is there anything better? Is there a better option for you there? Right. So your response to those situations is going to be crucial. And a second one would be one day, one bad day doesn't um doesn't affect like a really good, consistent week. So don't let that one day spiral into the rest of the week. If you have had a bad day, like and you have responded and you have got aggressive when driving and stuff like that. That is human behavior. These things happen, but it's about how you bounce back the next day, the day after, which will make up the result.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, just And it's just that, like you say, it's about um, managing your emotions to things. Like, not everything is controllable, but managing emotions, showing gratitude for what you can have. Again, it's all preachery. I put it in the group all the time, but I've started a five-minute journal, the Gratitude Journal, and it asks me every day. It's like, um, what three things would make today successful? So um, what three things are you grateful for? And a daily affirmation. That um, you have to write out every day, and even things like that can be really helpful. I'm not suggesting and does this, but actually, when you it, what it does for me is it puts things into perspective.
1: Massively hit the nail on the head there.
0: Perspective is everything. Like in terms of is is a bad day really a bad day? We'll put it into perspective. Did you go over your calories by 500? Yeah. Did you maybe not hit your steps? No. Okay, you didn't hit your steps. But there's a lot worse going on around you. There's like and. That doesn't help your goal, but it can help us just dial into that focus, you know. Like some people don't eat their calories every day because they can't afford food. Particularly at the moment, that'll be out. There'll be people listening to this podcast that will know people that are going to struggle to eat come this winter. Right? So your perception of you just went over your calories a little bit, you're pretty damn lucky you can go over your calories a little bit. So tomorrow, yeah. just pay a little bit more attention. And again, it's not to be the oh, you're so lucky, woo, everything in life is good, because it isn't. Things still suck. But actually just having that little bit of perspective and going, well, okay. So I went over, for example, my knee hurts because I trained on Monday, right? That's fine. That's not great. My knee hurts. That could be the negative. But there's many people that couldn't have trained like I did on Monday. And now I've just got a little bit of a hangover effectively. So that's fine. I can deal with that. I'll heal it. I'll recover it as much as I can because it's well and truly messed up already. Um, Or, you know, I was hungry on Monday when I dieted because i have the option to diet i can do that like you know we and that perspective although seems very very hippie and it seems like oh this guy what is he talking about how's that going to help me lose fat just paying attention to those things that you do have and that you can have like oh i'm hungry i really want to eat a chocolate bar but knowing that you're hungry by choice effectively because you're trying to lose weight and maybe you could do it a little bit better so you weren't hungry Knowing that you're hungry because, you know, you've had a busy day at work, you're winning compared to lots of people. And that can just help us go, this is a cognitive choice. I'm in control of this and I'm doing it to be better and I'm doing it to challenge myself. And I've got the option to challenge myself. So I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to win that challenge. And they can all be really helpful. So that's something for me. That's that's probably what my one thing for people that are going through these. You know, you're about to go through the mud. Like sometimes it's difficult. Accountability for four weeks is difficult, fat loss for four weeks is difficult. If you've got a tough choice between turning down takeaway and having a home cooked meal, some people don't have the option for either sometimes. So yeah. just Put be smart with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be be smart
1: I, I, with it and just go gone. One of the things, one of the most powerful things, and this is why I like journaling and affirmation, stuff like that, it's all up here. Like, your psychology, the way you perceive situations, the way you look at things and view situations, your reaction to situations, it's all a, it's all a tool to harness the mind. Like, it, it, it sounds cliche, but your mindset is one of the most powerful tools. Like, learn to, um, learn to use it effectively. That's why the Royal Marines, Navy SEALs, SAS... Everything they do is psychologically driven. All their physical tests are psychologically driven. They're pushing you to physical exhaustion to test your willpower, to to test you as a human being, to test your resilience. Learn to push that. Learn to get uncomfortable and you'll progress, right? Stop shying away. This is your moment to shine. Push yourself forward. Go after the goals you want. Travis and I are here to help you. Join the the, um, accountability challenge and let's get you moving forward. I think we're done. So life will always get in the way. Life's there. Let's move forward.
0: Yeah, I'm with it. And it will be a struggle. And we're not asking for perfection. And it isn't always easy. You're very, very individual. Different targets for different people. Does it serve a purpose? My man's got low battery. I've got low battery. Peace out. Next episode, next week.
1: Yeah, see you you next week for a brain dub.
0: Later, guys.